Hi there friends, thank you for joining for today's podcast. It's going to be a bit different today because this is the unfiltered version. There's no intro, there's no editing, I'm not going to cut out every um and like my lung pauses when I consider what to say next. I'm not going to put it through an audio cleaner, if you like, to make the sound quality really sharp, to take out the muffles. Today is just me and you, it's a proper voice note. I've not recorded one of these in a long time. There's been a bit of a gap since I've released an episode and that's because I've been really wrapped up. And I've been really wrapped up in work, which I don't feel proud of. And I have been becoming more concerned that COVID, the COVID pandemic in the UK and the restrictions here and the restrictions on a lot of our lives around the world has turned me into a bit of a workaholic. And I don't know if that's something that any of you can relate to or that rings true for you. I've always prided myself on being someone who prioritises a good work-life balance. I love the things I do outside of work. I love seeing friends, family, going on adventures, travelling, and I'm not saying you have to get on a plane for that, I'm saying travelling in country, seeing people I love, um, going out dancing, going swimming in the sea. I love a spontaneous um, trip to the charity shops, going out for coffee and a delicious cake, walking uh, in the sunrise or with the sunset. I love walking through cities at night and just observing, just being a social anthropologist and seeing different people interacting, whether that's uh, drunkards on the street, whether uh, it's going up and chatting to homeless people and actually having some really deep and exciting um, and heartfelt conversations, or whether it's observing um, couples dating, children playing, um, This world is so full of life when you stop and observe. I'm always amazed by that in nature. If you ever, um, particularly in in certain countries, I've felt this a lot in uh, some of the African nations I've visited. But even in the UK, or wherever you may be today, if you just go outside and just observe, you actually realise, oh, there's little ants crawling around in the grass. There's bees buzzing between flowers that I wouldn't have even noticed. There's a seagull or a hawk cruising overhead. There's rustling of the trees. Uh, this world is teeming with life. And sometimes the humans in us build walls and secure houses and we block the world out. And actually, if you sit in your home, you might not see anything moving. And although that can be powerful, God calls us to be still and know that I am God. 
The problem is when we be still and the world is silent around us, it can be an echo chamber. It can be quite isolating and quite uninspiring. Whereas if you be still outside, and obviously be still means so much more than what I'm talking about here, just stopping for a moment. But humour me, please. Um, If you be still for a moment outside, your stillness allows you to observe the unstillness of the world. And that is just mind-blowing because God didn't create a silent, lifeless, impersonal, quiet world. He's created a world that teems with life on a macro level and on a micro level. You could put any surface under a microscope and see, I don't know, thousands, millions, billions of bacteria swarming, interacting. There's whole life cycles moving about in community with one another, right under our noses, in our noses as well. Ew. (laughs) It's just amazing. And there's something humbling about mm, stilling yourself and allowing your focus to go outside of yourself, beyond yourself, to the world around you, to creation. And I heard something or read something this week. I think I was, when I was reading, um, I've been reading a lot about sustainability, particularly in healthcare, which you may be aware is one of the largest, um, how do I say this? Healthcare has one of the largest negative impacts on the environment of any institution or um, organization. Particularly in the UK, the NHS is a huge machine and it consumes and it produces waste at a rate of knots that I have never seen. Someone sent me an incredible video, um, perhaps you can find it, I don't remember what it was called, of a woman who collected from the operating theatre every single consumable that was used when she had um, surgery for a breast cancer. And she lays it all out in a huge circle. It must be in a big warehouse. In layers, like rings around herself. Well, rings in in rings. And then she goes and lies in the centre of it. And it's just... Hits you in the face. The enormous visual footprint of one operation. And she was clearly shocked by the amount of waste produced and she wanted to impress that upon her viewers and I think it was so popular she ended up releasing an English version because I I don't know where she's from but um, yeah she was really shocked by the reaction on social media she'd had it's really powerful to represent things visually and the crazy thing is in healthcare the waste production is the tip of the iceberg that's not even the main issue 
that's not even the main issue carbon consumption um the slave labor in producing surgical instruments it's just it's a minefield and yeah i'm excited to look into it more uh, it also terrifies me okay so today yeah i'll be honest there's no structure <laughs> this is just a stream of consciousness and i am in the middle of a set of night shifts i am exhausted i think i may have had two hours sleep in the last mm, 30 hours but i was just lying in bed having that age-old debate with myself of whether to get up or whether to stay in bed because I know I'm sleep deprived I know I'm about to go and do a 13-hour shift where I'm looking after people and I need to be top of my game because they're vulnerable and they're sick but I also know that I'm the sort of person that once I'm awake I'm ready to get up and do ready to produce ready to achieve I can't sit still even if I sit still I'll be knitting I'll be crafting I'll be fidgeting and that's a good thing in many ways. I can get much more done in a day than some of the people. But it also has its toll on my mind and my soul and my heart. And I need to learn to be still. And I find it really hard. <laughs> so there I was being still. And God just took me on a little journey. And he, he does this sometimes. Well, I do this sometimes with him. I just go through a whole, it's almost like going on a walk. And I can understand that verse in Genesis that says that Adam and Eve were strolling in the garden with God. They were shooting the breeze. They were walking and ruminating on the things of life. I mean, nowadays we talk about problems a lot. I mean, in those days, there weren't problems yet. I don't think. So what were they talking about? So much to talk about that's not problems. So much positive things to talk about. I mean, maybe they were talking about the ants crawling on the grass and the bees buzzing in the air because I think they would have perfectly noticed that. I think they would have been perfectly at one with the nature around them the environment the beautiful environment that god placed them in and placed them to have dominion over not to abuse and to rule as we think of as dominion in a in a negative light but to rule in a really majestic empowering nurturing way hierarchy in itself is not a bad thing God put things in order in creation. There's a reason that a child looks up to a parent. There is a reason that um, older people might look down in a really positive way upon their juniors, be excited to help lift those people up into uh, newer roles. I think our society tells us the lie that hierarchy is bad because it's just abuse of power. It's squashing people below you and it's speaking 
hatred over those above you for jealousy. Friends, let's show a different kind of hierarchy. Let's go back to that order that God placed in the world, respecting our elders and desiring to nurture and inspire our juniors. I'm thinking about this a lot at the moment because, as I say, I've become very work focused. And part of that is just time. I'm not spending time doing things I love outside of work. Because I don't know what your work is if you do work. And I understand many people don't work for a multitude of reasons. But if you're someone who works or who has worked, you might know that feeling of never getting to the end of your work to do list. If someone gave you infinite time at work, you would never fill it. We all think, and I've heard people say, oh, if only there was another hour in the day. Okay. Here's a new scenario. God gives you an extra hour today. Let's be honest. What are you going to do with it? Because I know it's really easy to do with it. Do your email admin. Or tidy up some papers or go and get a long coffee uh, over at the machine at work or if you're at home you know not getting dressed and ready for the day but lounging in your pajamas for an extra hour it's not a bad thing to rest and to be what the world sees as unproductive for an hour but have you really used that gift I I feel challenged because I think if God gave me an extra hour in the day, I wouldn't use it to his glory in nine times out of ten. And therefore, I'm really grateful that he designed the day to have the number of hours it has. And for me to do with that, something good can already be achieved. So let's not wish for more hours. Let's wish for better use of our hours. And better use of your hours might be sitting for 15 minutes outside looking at the birds and the bees and the ants. The other week I just took some time after my long shifts at work and I just went and lay outside on the grass on my back looking up at the stars. It's a simple pleasure. It cost me nothing. Well, it did cost me. It cost me the energy and the effort of being still. And it was good. It was good. God took me on a on a journey. I went on one of those walking, talking journeys with God which so often I don't move for it's all in my my head and my heart and by the end of it I feel like I've gone through the refiner's fire and I've come out like gold when you spend time with God he rubs off on you and it's fun it's fun sharing that little gold dust with other people when they look at you and they think you can see in their face there is something different about you and you're wanting to shout to the highest rooftops like, yeah, of course that is. I'm a chosen daughter of the Lord. I'm walking in God's way. I've been in the presence of the creator of the universe this morning, this evening. And he is so bright that he's made my face shine. Friends, let's be those people. Even Stephen, when he was being stoned to death, what is a more grim situation, his whole face was shining to God. The face of a dying man was a symbol of hope. 
was a witness to potentially hundreds of people in, I'm pretty sure it was Jerusalem, at a time when the persecution became so bad that they had to scatter. Probably it felt like scattering to the four corners of the earth. But with that scattering came the spreading of the gospel. We probably wouldn't be Christians today in the UK, the US, Australia, Sub-Saharan Africa, Asia, if it wasn't for the persecution of the church spreading those people across diverse nations and cultures and them having to flee the persecution meant they ran to other places where Jesus hadn't been talked of yet and they talked of him. And they probably had burning in the back of their mind that shining face of Stephen as stones literally tore into his flesh and ripped him of his life because his life was in Christ. He was looking up. He wasn't bothered. He's ready to go. He's ready to be accepted into the arms of his saviour. Whoa, that's a challenge. Many people have thought how they'd want to die, slipping off peacefully in their sleep. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that. There's nothing wrong with leaving all of your friends and family with a really peaceful goodbye. But I think Stephen's death, horrific and grim and abusive as it was, was actually the kind of death we should all desire. Not to desire martyrdom for any glory or for any medal, but to die in a way that our parting gift to the world is a shining face of witness to God's glory. You'd have to be stoned to death to do that. And would our lives, not only our deaths, our lives, leave an imprint that burns in people's minds of just how good God is, of just how bright his face is. <laughs> oh, it's been good to talk with you. This has been my vulnerable, raw episode that I'm not going to edit at all. I'm going to use my self-discipline, that fruit of the spirit, to just upload this, send it out to you all, see what you think. <laughs> Let's taste and see that the Lord is good together. Because I miss you guys. I miss seeing people, people I know and love deeply, but also people I don't know. I love having chats with strangers, having a good DMC, having a great gauze, having, what, what do we call it? Shooting the breeze. Just talking about things that mean stuff. Ugh, there's nothing I enjoy less and superficial small talk where it's like we haven't talked about anything we're just we're just sliding around on top of the ice Ugh, let's get out our pickaxes and break through the ice what's underneath is this lake teeming with life i'm sure it is it always is because when we're still and we look we see the life that god has infused throughout this world Let's get excited. Let's be part of the story. 
All right. Today, I don't think there's been a topic. This has just been a stream of sleep-deprived consciousness, but I am excited. I've been writing a job application and I've just... That should be the most unenjoyable thing. I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off to the point where the deadline is here. <laughs> the deadline is here and I'm about to start a 13-hour shift. I'm like, what? How am I going to get this done? It's for a job I really want as well. But writing the job application is refining my thoughts. It's refining my heart. It's getting me excited about my job. And that's where I want to land. That's where I want to come in. So I said at the beginning that I'm in danger of becoming a workaholic during this COVID pandemic. But the past couple of weeks, I've been having conversations with people in my field. I've been pressing in and learning more about things that set my heart on fire. Like stewarding the earth better through changes in healthcare. To stop this climate crisis, which is devastating our planet. And it is abusing the most vulnerable people on this earth and God's creation. So we, we need to stop that. We need to stop. We need to take responsibility and take charge and, and have dominion, have a positive, nurturing stewardship of this earth. I've been thinking about diversity in healthcare. I've been thinking about widening access to training opportunities to surgery to opportunities because ah uh, I don't know if I can go there I think I can I don't know if you've heard of the United World Colleges but their mission statement is that they use education as a force to unite people nations and cultures towards peace and a sustainable future it's a big statement, but they are going about the business of trying to do that. And God sees us trying. It's not a Christian organization, but it has an ethos that I stand for. I stand for more as well. But I think that ethos fits into our God-given purpose. We should be uniting people of diverse backgrounds. Because that's where we're heading, people. We're heading towards people of every nation, tribe, tongue, gathering to worship God. Gathering together, being in community. We need to speak to one another, however different our cultures and our languages and colour of our skin and backgrounds. Because that's our family. Biologically, our family looks like us, smells like us, acts like us. But in God's kingdom, our family looks different from us, comes from a different culture, speaks differently, thinks differently, and we're going to rub up against one another. You know, I don't fully understand someone of a very different background, but I want to. I want to hear their story. I want to get excited. I want to learn to journey together and walk together and talk together and praise God together, reflect God together. That's diversity. That's reuniting people of different nations education are we in the business of education as christians most of the academic institutions in the uk were built for people to learn more about the bible for people to discuss theology 
One of the main motivations of teaching children in the UK was that they might read their Bibles. The reform of the church, which is rife with challenges and difficulties and sin, but one of the main reasons for reform in this country was in order to translate the Bible into lay person language. Jesus spoke with the people. And yet over generations and generations, the word of God had become an exclusive thing that you could only read if you spoke Latin and all that jazz. I mean, I did Latin at school and um, it's a pretty unpenetratable language. I can quite imagine that, you know, a young farmer with few mouths to feed in the family wouldn't have time to be studying that. But guess what? We changed things and we said, no, everyone needs access to the Bible. Nowadays, you can get the Bible written in kind of the message translation, modern style. You can get a street Bible that feels more like a rap concert. There's there's ways of disseminating this. There's the Wycliffe Bible translators who are translating the Bible into as many languages as they can. Languages that don't even have a written language. We can pass this on through oral tradition. It's just, I'm just excited. So education should be a key calling for us as a church. We should be teaching people about the word of God. I'm currently doing a night school in theology and man, it is good for the soul. It is good for the mind and the heart to dig into the word of God. And I'm a very academic person, but you might not be, but you might have your own ways of enjoying the word of God. I've just started a book called The Book of God. And it is written by, I think, a man who is a fantastic, gifted, talented storyteller. And he is telling the story of the Bible. Okay, he's adding in some background, as you do when you're a storyteller. It doesn't detract from the truth. It fills out, fleshes out some of the bits of the Bible that haven't, haven't been spoken out. So we can only assume, we can only wonder how did Abraham talk to his wife? We can only wonder how did Sarah feel when her slave woman got pregnant with her husband because she pushed for that. So yeah, education is a force to unite people of many diverse backgrounds towards what? Peace and a sustainable future. <laughs> Think either of those are on God's agenda? Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Sustainability. God made this earth to last and we're using it as though there's no tomorrow. We've got a lot to answer for and we've got a lot of work to do and we've got a lot of praying to get down on our knees to do and we've got a lot of action to start doing in cooperation with the Lord. Get excited. Empower others. Speak out about these things because people are talking about this outside of Christianity and if we're not careful we're going to be left behind. The pioneers of all these good positive changes towards stewardship, peace, diversity are going to be coming from outside of the church and we should be ashamed of ourselves because Jesus wrote about all of these things. He didn't write about them, sorry. He spoke about them and other people wrote about them. 
Jesus has been talking about these things for millennia. God has been talking about these things since the garden in Eden, walking with Adam and Eve. It's not too late. We need to get part of that conversation and we need to be pioneers in our culture because there are even Christians who are feeling ashamed to stand with Christians who aren't acting. And I can understand that. I can really understand that. Okay, I'm preaching now. I'll get off my soapbox. (laughs) But I do get riled up for the Lord. And this is going unedited to you people. This is going unedited. What is wrong with me? (laughs) Hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed the journey. And I want to ask you a question. Would you take a moment now with me to pray that this podcast would reach the right people? Because I've done a terrible job of advertising. Terrible. And I need this to spread by word of mouth. I'm not a salesperson. This isn't me saying, like, subscribe, you know, follow my channel. Like, I hate it when people say that in YouTube videos and someone's just delivered some fantastic thing. I'll just share that because I want to share that organically. But I also know sometimes if I'm not prompted to share things, I might not think to. And I don't know why I'm doing this podcast if it's not to reach some ears. So pray with me now that this would reach the right ears. I'm just going to pray in my heart in silence because I think that's actually more raw. And now would you have a quick think, whether you yourself or whether God wants to convict you, is there someone who you could bless with this podcast? Would you go and share this with them, please? Because I'm doing a terrible job. My gifting is not that. (laughs) I need a PR rep. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to pray for us. Father God, it's been a journey today and it just has tickled me to see how you work. Thank you for the opportunity to share my thoughts and my passions and my excitement and my preaching with whoever it is who's listening today people who I know so well and love so well who will be listening to this as though it's a phone conversation we'd have it's just I haven't let them say anything yet (laughs) other people who have no idea who I am and have stumbled across this or it's been shared to them and they're just wondering what the heck is going on I thank you Lord that you know what the heck is going on I thank you that you want to unite us through education I thank you that you want us to get together as a family of diverse backgrounds and cultures and tongues and tribes. I thank you that you want us to be pushing forward for peace in this world and making sustainable changes that this world would be passed down to our children and would be protected for your glory for many, many years until kingdom come help us to be like Stephen that whatever awful situation we might be in today or another day our face would shine with your light and it would be untouched by the stones thrown at us by whoever might be throwing stones we love you God you are good you are mighty you are holy you are awesome and it's a privilege to be given the faith to go on this journey with you because we can't do this alone. 
We rely 100% on you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is our saviour and the perfecter of our peace. We give all glory to the Father and invite the Holy Spirit into our days. Amen. It's been a pleasure, friends. Enjoy your day, your evening, your morning, wherever you're at. Ciao, ciao.